All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 399. Oh, what happens when we get to 400? Does it end or do we continue? It blows up. Maybe it's the end. Who knows? 400. That's like 300 more than I thought we'd do. Nah, 399 more than I thought we'd do. Um, So thanks for joining us today. Uh, We've got Daniel, who stayed up early for us. Welcome back, Wheeze. St. Louis Kiss, who's always willing, always ready, always able. And And on time, too. And on time, yeah. (laughs) And the voice of reason, 69th Blizzard. The man who needs no introduction, Ken. We just got an introduction. So, what news this week? Well, let's see. Um, from my perspective, I've gotten the Facebook page live for Mass Kisteria 1980. I've spent this week doing yeah. some translations from Dutch and Italian. And let oh, me wow. tell you, my head freaking hurts because I was reading an article in German today. Uh, yeah, it, it's, pain, it's painful. Um, yeah, th- there's very few languages I can actually read natively. Um, I can muddle through German at times. French, no problem. Well, gets more difficult. I'm going to need some help on translations and validating, especially the vernacular in Dutch. <laughs> Please mm. uh, save me. So yeah. if you go to uh, Facebook, Mask Hysteria 1980, or you can simply go to maskhysteria.com, which will take you there as well. That'll show where I'm at. And again, remember, I'm only working on the demo this i have not done professional layouts i'm laying it out the way i do most of my stuff full color is what it'll be i, I piled it all together the other day and i've got like 145 pages a lot of it's still to be written clearly but all kind of uh blueprinted out where we're going or where i'm going hopefully it'll become where we're going because i will need help i will need contributions fan photos if you snuck a camera into a show of no shame on you, but will you share? Will you share with the KISS Army? Uh, because most of those sorts of class of photos aren't really, you know, they're not Lynn Goldsmith. So I think there's a good story to tell. And, uh, you know, reading some of the Italian reviews that I, I worked on this week, it's pretty entertaining, especially Rome, some good stuff. So more news as it as it comes and you can always check out the message board on the kiss faq you don't have to join if you're embarrassed about some of the conversations that happen there like i am um you don't have to <laughs> sign up to read the general forum but that's where i'm posting what i'm up to and the sort of help that i'm looking for anyone bought any kiss shit this week No, but we all got shipping notifications. Segment. No, we got a shipping. great segment. No, I got shipping <laughs> notifications from Germany for the clear vinyl, uh, elder vinyl that's coming out, or is it is out if it's shipping. And, of course, off the soundboard, Virginia Beach. Well, whatever. Um, and that's, that's about it. Well, so, I did. What did you do? No, I did get, I did get something, but it was what? from Mark. What was uh, our friend Mark from Canada, Marcus Almighty? Um, three three Kiss albums that I uh, purchased off of him. Uh, I think they're these are all Canadian uh, copies. Which of, ones make uh, sense? Uh, the first album, uh, Alive, and 
what was the third one? Can't remember. But uh, I got three more coming, I think, also um, from him. So I bought a few from his uh, stock. Yeah, that's very non-specific Canadian ones. With blue label, Casbah label, or Polygram. blue label. Qual- okay, for first quality album, pressing. Uh, quality or... pressing, a blue label. Uh, the first album, definitely. Um, but I, I haven't really looked. I just got him, so I have to really look at him again. Yeah, if I checked out his video today for um, in the year 3073 Book 3, he oh, received yeah. his CD, so head on over to the Project Gemini website to check out his updates uh, and his show and tell of those, and uh, quite a bit of information in that update as well. So let's get into today's topic, and I want to give a shout out to Under the Rose, who posted this topic on the FAQ, and I've taken it and put it into a different form for our conversation today. But that person's original topic was which studio album songs are most improved on Alive and Alive 2? And then it was a poll for album specific. Um, mm-hmm. And I wanted to uh, us to approach it a different, a slightly different way. So I, I'm calling this better live than so that we could go into actual songs that we think were better on any of the three primary Kiss Alive albums that are better than their studio counterpoints. Now, just taking that topic from from the start, I guess, is when you look at these overall, Daniel, what are the kind of things that stand out to you that make all of the songs that you've selected today better live than studio? Well, the first thing is, of course, uh, the first two albums, they don't sound that good, I think. And most of those songs sound way better on Alive. So uh, when I picked 10, a whole lot of them came from the first two albums. I kind of like the sound of Dress to Kill, uh, Destroyer. I don't. I know Mark doesn't like Destroyer, but but I find it hard uh, dissing that album because I think it sounds great. And uh, Love Gun, mm, pretty good. Uh, and the, the 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 newer the material is, the harder it, it is to 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 make it sound better live. Uh, so for example, Alive Three. I only picked two from Alive Three. I think. Uh, None from Revenge. I mean, the Revenge album sounded so great. So all of the live performances for me were, were kind of letdowns. I kind of like Take It Off, but Unholy wasn't good at all. So, so, so most of my top 10 songs come from the first live album. Nice. Ken, how about you? How did you approach this topic when I assigned you the homework? <laughs> I said, I'm not doing any homework. <laughs> no, I, you know, uh, and I've mentioned this before, um, that a lot of their live stuff is, you know, the true, you know, version of, of certain songs um, are always been better. It's in that live element and sound. Um, and yeah, I agree with Daniel. The, definitely the first couple of albums are, are ones where they were, you know, produced definitely no live feel to that uh, to those those early albums um so yeah it was it was kind of i kind of knew what i you know what i was gonna do um i did you know like daniel i i chose four from 
uh, you know, from the Alive uh, album, and then four from Alive Two, and then two, two like Daniel uh, uh, from for Alive Three. And I agree that you know stuff like Revenge actually sounds worse on Alive Three than it does on you know on the actual album. So th that's kind of that counterpoint. You know, that doesn't sound as good. Um, so. Yeah, I took it kind of the same as Daniel. Uh, I had the same feelings about those early produced albums. All right, Lonnie, you're up. Yeah, you know, I, I took this assignment of you know, what, what Kiss songs sound better on a live records than on studios. And I, it, it wasn't real difficult because, you know, I looked at like some playlists I have like on, on iTunes and that. And a lot of these songs, I'm like, when I'm making a playlist, well, I, I choose the version from Alive because it just sounds better. I, I don't, I don't want to hear the studio version. When I think of a version of a particular song, I, I think of the Alive version more than anything else because that's where it sounds best. Because, you know, if you're making a playlist of some songs, well, you want the best version possible. And for a lot of these songs, you know, I looked at, okay, well, I, I listen to that song from Alive too more than I listen to the studio record. But... But go, echoing, echoing back to what Daniel was saying, is that I, I really leaned heavy on just a live one more than anything else. Um, just because I, I, I think a lot of the songs on the first two records just missed the mark and they just got it right when when Alive was recorded. So, um, and, and Ken and Daniel are both right in the same sense too. Like those revenge songs, you know, they sound so much better studio than they do um, on the Live 3. But, you know, there, there are some versions on Kiss of Live 3 that are, hey, that sounds a whole lot better than than, than the studio version. We'll get into that. Yeah, that, that's going to be an interesting part of the conversation. I mean, the brief was, you know, using only a Live, a Live 2, and a Live 3, which songs sound better um, on the Kiss Alive albums and on the studio albums from which they're sourced. Pick a list of 10 or as close as you can because I thought it might be a challenge and I'll compile the list from it. So I took it from a slightly different perspective. I thought it was going to be too easy to bag on the first two albums in particular and skew the list to, um, you know, the Alive album. So I started with Alive 3. Um, when listening back to these to see which ones of those songs really jumped out at me. Now, the production of the album really doesn't jump out at all. Um, so, so it was a little bit of a challenge restricting it only to the albums that had been released post-Alive 2. So then I, I looked at how I generally talk about a lot of the albums from the 70s. I often insult the production of Love Gun. I often insult the production of Dress to Kill and hotter than hell and and kind of kept it within that realm i really look at an album like kiss as nearly untouchable even with the warts that it has so why don't we just jump straight into the list and we immediately had three out of four of us pick deuce which you know i i'm one i think ken was the only one who did not pick deuce um no i from you picked it from alive from I the did, first I album. I, okay, I didn't pick it from uh, the first album. Correct. In, well, the, no, it's the first album. I didn't pick it from the first alive. No, you you picked it from 
the Alive 3 perspective rather than the Alive. Uh, The rest of us all had that pegged as we want it to sound more like 1975 than 1973. So, Daniel. Well, I actually picked Alive from Alive 1. No, I picked uh, Deuce from Alive. (laughs) Yeah, and Alive 3. That's because, cheating. Uh, because, no, that's not cheating. That's uh, intelligent. <laughs> it's wor- hey, it's worth a deuce. <laughs> that's what it is. You know, the first version is so bombastic. I mean, it comes out right off the bat, right out of the gate, starts off alive and sets the tone for the whole album. Probably my favorite live version of any song ever is the, the, the first song on Alive. And it's a great opener. It's the best opener that Kiss has ever used. Um, uh, so um, that's one of my top ten songs of all time. But don't underestimate the version on Alive 3. Uh, Ken picked it as well. Um, I remember buying Alive 3 and being uh, blown away. Mostly because uh, Do sounded so updated. It sounded like so fresh. And I wasn't that old when I got to Life E, but I managed to understand that Eric Singer had something to do with it. You know, his drumming on that song is just phenomenal. Um, <clears throat> and then a few months after I got Life E, I got a hold of some bootlegs, and I remember one called Brooklyn Rock City uh, from the club tour. And uh, that version is even if possible even better because i think it's so raw and if you ever want to get a hold of a good revenge bootleg you, you should go out and get uh, brooklyn rock city i, I think it's uh, at this point it's easier to get a hold of but but back then it was like a treasure you you found like a hidden secret i remember finding it uh, at um you know Flicking through records and what is this Brooklyn Rock City? So, so Deuce from Alive One and Alive Three are just awesome, awesome. I can't say that word correct. Awesome, I think it is. Uh, but but um, so of course Deuce has to be on the list and uh, one of the best songs ever. Okay, instead of awesome, just be British and say it's brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant. It's awesome. brill. Awesome. Absolutely brill. I don't know the, the the beginning of that word. Is it awesome, I think? Or is it awesome? Awesome. I don't know. All I know is when Alive awesome. 3 came out, I'd broken awesome. my kneecap and I was taking lots of morphine. And it, the album didn't sound as good when I came off the morphine. Lonnie, but, Deuce from Alive. I, it, I mean, I chose this. It's my go. It's obviously it's my go-to version of Deuce. Um off of one of my go-to Kiss albums. I mean, it's so... The energy in this song yeah. off of off of Alive versus the energy <laughs> off of the studio album is just <laughs> night and day. It just, it's just so driving on, on a live one. And it just, like Daniel said, it just sets the tone for that whole, for that whole album. And it's just so great. It just, just, Ace's guitar riffs at the end. It's just fantastic. And it, it 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 really just makes the studio version sound weak. As as much as I love that first Kiss album, you listen to Deuce off of Live, then you listen to Deuce off of the original album. It's just 
doesn't sound like the same song almost. So, I mean, and and like Daniel said too, like it, it's it's my favorite it's my favorite song that they open with. I think they should. I I feel they should always open with Deuce because it's so, you know, it's such a great opener. So, it it had to be on my list of, of what songs sound better live versus studio. It's it's a no brainer to me. I mean, Daniel loves it so much you picked it twice. Shit. <laughs> yeah, Ken, you you also had it pegged into the Alive Three um, kind of a section of your list. Is that accurate? Yeah, I I put it uh, pulled it from Alive Three. I, I originally, actually, I did choose it from Alive, and then I then I started listening to Alive Three, and I thought, you know what, this sounds more, I don't know, fresh and in your face and very tight, you know. Just the sound of it um, yeah. more was more. Deuce deserves to be a heavy metal kind of song, and it, it, it's it's a lot heavier there than on the Alive album. Um, so and and you know, like Daniel was saying, you know, Eric is part of that reason, and I would say Bruce too. Um, and the band was very tight at that. Oh yeah. Point. So it was very clean, you know tight recording um and it was good and it's and it's good it just rocks uh which is what it should should do so it's it's more like what it sounds like today in concert uh versus if you say you know kiss plays deuce today it sounds more like a live three than the, than you know uh alive um that person so yeah i thought it was f- refreshing kind of and so I, that's why i took it from a live three yeah, Seduce is obviously my go-to song. It is my favorite yeah. song, period. Um, and for the last 20 years, the vast majority of shows that I've seen, when they've done Deuce, it's been per- Eric Singer has performed it closer to the Alive format than to the Alive 3 format. Therefore, um, mm. when I think about it, I have no problem with the studio version on the first album. But when you hear it on Alive there's something spectacular about it all of a sudden it's a different creature to to some degree and that's why it makes my list just because it is i love the song so much that it's almost love with an asterisk when it's on a live i think i think it's kind of just one thing quick uh, i don't listen to the rolling stones a whole lot but but there is one song that really um you know that i really liked uh, and it was called bitch Mm-hmm. And a whole lot of years later, Gene said, I stole the riff from Bitch. You know, it's like. Mm-hmm. And I, I totally got into that song and I loved it. And then a few years later, I, I got to understand that uh, Gene Simmons kind of twisted that uh, riff somehow and, and, and made deuce. So. Uh, that that tells you a whole lot. I, I, I thought I, I found something new, something fresh that I didn't know of. And then it was kind of a, you know, a, a sibling to, to, to deuce. And that's that happens very often, I think. Well, when you find new m- music, you think you find something new. But in reality, it reminds you of something else that you love. Uh, so that happens to me all the time. I just thought I would throw that in. Yeah, that's Stone's Good song. Point. I love that. 
I absolutely love bitch. Um, <laughs> it, that that riff gets me reaching for my guitar every time I hear it as well. And the Dead Daisies did a killer version of it, um, which I got to see on the cruise. All right, moving on. Oh, let's see. Three of us have watching you. So, uh, Lonnie, why don't you get us started with that? I think watching you was the first song that I selected when um, going through this exercise. Um, I, and, and it was a toss-up, actually, for me, if I wanted to go with the version from Alive or Alive 3, because I do like the version on Alive 3 a whole lot as well. I think I think Eric's drumming is, is fantastic on that. Um, but at the end of the day, I still went with the version on Alive 1. It just sounds so dark. It sounds much darker on Alive 1 um, than it does <laughs> on Alive 3 or, or the studio version. It's it's one of my more favorite Kiss songs, and the live version is the version that I go to. You know, the the version on Higher Than Hell is just again like dudes that we were just talking about. It just sounds kind of watered down, and it just doesn't sound doesn't have the same energy. The energy on this song, just like dudes on a is on a live is 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 very intoxicating it's, it's just very driving and it just makes you want to pump your fist in the air and i and i love when they do this song live and they don't do it very they don't do it um enough i was excited when they did it on um on the reunion tour which i thought was great and i saw them do it in sault saint marie in 2007 my brother and i were just like it's unreal they're playing watching you shit so this, this, like I said, this was the first song I selected in doing this exercise. It was a no-brainer for me. Um, and obviously it was for two of the three other panelists. Yeah, for, for me it was a much harder decision to put this one into preferring it on a live than a live three because I do really enjoy the performance on, on a live three as well. But again, what, what skewed it back towards a live was simply because Eric hasn't really done that sort of performance for much of the time that I've seen the band live. Ken, you also had watching you. Yeah, this is uh, another another one of my favorite songs actually on uh on uh hotter than hell so yeah it, it's it's so much improved on on the live album um for many of the same reasons that lonnie mentioned um it, it does come alive <laughs> i didn't mean to say alive but it it's does terrible. come it's alive terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it, it's really it leads back to the it, the poor production on on hotter than hell Though now, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, this just that because it was produced that way, it's kind of the, I don't know, it's a special kind of sound or drudgy sound, you know, now. And people's like, well, don't change it. Don't change it. But and I, I still would like to hear it, you know, change because, yeah, it might sound more like a live, um, the version on a live. So that would be, you know, a good thing. Yeah, Daniel, you don't have this on your list, but any thoughts on watching it? I- I could easily have it on my list as well. I think it's awesome on Alive 1 and Alive 3. Uh, however, however I, I felt it was... Um, I would have preferred other songs on Alive 3 because Watching You is really kind of a deep cut and uh, I think it was a bad choice for Alive 3. I would rather have seen 
War Machine, which they played, or, or Tears of Falling would have made more sense on Live 3. I always felt that uh, it was kind of a throwaway on Live 3, you know, a deep cut that people wouldn't get into. But as a song, I like it as well. Uh, it's creepy as hell, the lyrics. For once, they nailed the lyrics. It's so creepy, the lyrics, uh, like some guy watching someone that don't, you know, through a window or something. Uh, while they are undressing or something, but it's, it feels really creepy. And uh, the way he sings is both on the live one and live three, really underlines that kind of creepy feeling. So it's a good song, and I understand that you guys picked it. Yeah, now he's well past seventy. <laughs> I'm watching you. It's well past creepy into the gutter. All right, this one. This one is. Odie had two votes, surprisingly, and that is me and Ken. Rock and roll. Oh, wait, no, three. Daniel had it as well. Rock and roll all night. And party every day. Daniel, take us into why that makes your list. Rock and roll night and party every day is a live song. The only downside, I picked the version from a live one. Um, but but the only downside is they never put it in the right order, you know, in the right position. Rock and roll night should be last, not second to last, or in the middle of the set as it was during a live three. So the only problem I have with the live one is the song order. You know, it's not correct. I think isn't "Let Me Go" rock and roll the last song on the live one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it is. So. Yeah. I don't. I have never <clears throat> seen them ending a show with "Let Me Go" rock and roll. Maybe they had in the beginning, but, back then. But rock and roll, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rock and roll, rock and roll night should be uh, the great finale of the show. Uh, and I don't know what the heck they were thinking during a live three when they when went for Star Sprangled Banner instead. Uh, it had been done by Jimi Hendrix way before. So, um, but the live version is, you know, excellent, and um, that's the version they used for for the uh, video in '87. I think they released a video used footage from Exposed. They didn't choose the studio track, and uh, that was a no-brainer because this is really live and vibrant and a dynamic version of rock and roll night so uh, it's it's close to perfection yeah and to sound like nigel from spinal tap and it's got a solo too which mm. the studio version did not so um who else yeah. has ken you did yeah yeah and uh, just like you just said um it has a solo uh that was the the big thing that was missing uh, from it on uh, on uh, Just to Kill. Well, you know, Just to Kill is produced nicely, you know, really good. It's clear. Uh, it's catchy tune on there. But, yeah, um, that solo is a nice breakup of the continued over and over rock and roll night. You know, uh, chorus keeps going on and on. Um, and uh that's what that's what they I, I don't know why they didn't have a solo but there's there's a couple other songs on dress to kill that had no solos in it too um i guess they were i guess in such a rush um so but yeah that on the live that's they released it as a single um rightly so and that actually you know 
worked that time because it didn't work from Just to Kill when they released it then. Um, so, yeah, just, I think the solo made all the difference and then the live feel, the party atmosphere, the crowd, and, and all that uh, just makes it work. Yep. It becomes the party that it uh, rightfully should be. Lonnie, you didn't have it on yours, but your thoughts on Rock and Roll All Night. No, I did have it on mine, but I can definitely see why you guys chose it. I mean, it is a signature Kiss song, and it's the version that that made, you know, Kiss a national act. So, and it, and, and the solo is is big, and it, and, it, and it's a fun song. And and no, if I, if I go listen to rock, if if I go listen to Rock and Roll Night, it is the the alive version as well. It's not the Dress to Kill version. Right, so you and Ken have the next pick making the list, and that is Firehouse. Mm. Um, I have it as well. Nice. <laughs> Julian oh, Math. Jesus. <laughs> Julian, Julian, Julian Math. Wow. Okay. I'm sorry, Daniel. You're also guilty. There you go. Uh, Lonnie, why does Firehouse make your, your list as being better live than studio? Firehouse just has, is much more powerful on a live than it is off the studio record you know just this week like it, it just take the end of the song for example like everyone knows what happens at the end of firehouse in fact firehouse is made to be the live version with with gene breathing fire and at the end of at the end of the song you can you can hear the sirens going like you, you can feel those sirens going at the end of the alive version and you know you, you can look in your alive book and and see gene breathing the fire and the studio version just has this weak little little siren at the end. It's very, very non-climatic. Um, that, yeah, exactly. It sounds like someone just cranking something at the end. It's just very weak. Um, and, and not just the end of the song, but just the whole song in general. It, it, the version on the original album, it sounds more like a Beatles song, and there's nothing wrong with it sounding like a Beatles song because the, the song does kind of sound like the, the song's kind of written almost like a like a Beatles song, like "Get the Firehouse" because she sets my soul afire. It almost sounds like a Beatles song to me, but it's just so much more. Again, I'm I'm, I'm sounding like a broken record when we go back to me, but it, it's so much more energetic on a live, and it sounds it's much heavier on a live than it is on that studio version it just it's it's more powerful and and more driven and more electric and in the end it just culminates at the end and it doesn't have that culmination on on the studio record so it, it again like i said at the beginning of the show it's my go-to version of a firehouse which if i'm going to listen to firehouse now i want to listen to the version a lot it's an easy choice yeah, and that's a common denominator for many of the early albums, well, the first two in particular, is you take that sludgy, almost um, non-existent production off them and give it a bit of brightness and spark, which you get on the live. Even if you took the live audience out of those performances on a live, I dare say that they might well measure up um, and, and be better than the studio versions, even without the live the fakeness. Um, attributed to them. I'm sorry, Daniel, for ignoring you. I put your your color in green for Firehouse and the other guys in purple. So that's why I made a mistake, which does occasionally happen. Why did you pick Firehouse? Uh, I just have a second, Lonnie. He, he said it so well. I agree with everything he said. And I, I remember uh, getting a live one. Uh, 
I guess in 86 maybe. Um, and you know, Animalize and Asylum were my first album. So I was kind of surprised hearing Alive it sounded kind of different. But I do remember vividly the first song that stuck from the album was actually Firehouse because I I thought it was awesome right off the bat. So uh, there's something about the live version that is uh, great. And even though he kind of stole the idea from, uh, was it Fire Brigade by that British band Slade? Uh, I think it's a, it's, no, it's a cool Wood. song. Yeah. Uh, okay and uh, uh, he, um, uh, uh, yeah it, it um, I remember a poll on, on KISS uh, FAQ the, the KISS FAQ board uh, the, the, it was something like this uh, is Firehouse a bad song just a cool song or a, a masterpiece and I think it's it's just a cool song, you know. It's a simple song, but it's just cool. And I think it's always worked really well live with all the uh, lineups of the band. Everything from the Revenge era and the original era. It always sounded great. And I kind of like the versions from 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 their core era as well, like from, from, from 80. Uh, cool sounding. So it's a great song live. Ken. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you guys. Um, it is great live. Um, the thing, the big difference for me with that, and actually another song that I almost made on my list, um, Cold Gin, are they're both similar in a way, but they're both, you know, they're, they're slower. Um, Firehouse is really just too slow. Um, uh, the pace of it on, on the first album. Um, they they sped it up and and it, it turned out to be more energetic type song, um, though it's still you know rather rather you know sl- slow. It's not like a high paced you know beat or anything on it. Um, but it's it's a it's much better. It's in its you know true element um, uh, of being on the the Alive album and it you know for the the same reasons they said about it. Uh, you know it, it's a real like. Daniel said, "Cool song. It is. A, it's always been cool. I've, I've always liked it." Yeah, Daniel, you had Cold Gin on your list. What, what were the re- was it was because it was sped up and given some more energy and dynamics on the live version versus the studio? Uh, yeah, actually, what Ken said. I don't know if you can see that. Cold Gin faster. <laughs> <laughs> because that's the main thing. Um, Cold Gin has worked so well for Kiss. Uh, through the years, uh, but when you hear the studio version, it doesn't really sound wh- that good. <clears throat> and I think Ken uh, nailed it when he said it's all about the tempo of the song. It's too slow. Um, but when they speed it up, something happens, and the alive version is totally awesome. Uh, I like the way Gene sings it as well, the aggression. Yeah. Uh, and, and the riff, I mean, it's such a simple riff, but it's so fun to play. It's so It's almost like metal when you hear it. Uh, and I think that was one of Ace's strengths during the early years. 
the way he came up with cool riffs, everything from Cold Gin to Rocket Ride, uh, maybe not Torpedo Girl so much, but but uh, there there are a few really Parasite. cool Ace yeah. Parasite, yeah, of course yeah. Parasite. I forget that's maybe the best one. Uh, so and this is one of his signature riffs that uh, I enjoy to this day. And I think the the uh, Alive version is uh, totally awesome. Awesome. All right, moving on. This is pretty much, I think, the last song from Better On Alive than on uh, the studio albums. And Lonnie and I were the only ones who uh, had this on our list. Lonnie, come on and love me. Come on and love me. Yes, yes. Love it. Absolutely love the version on Alive of Come On and Love Me. Again, go-to version of this song. It sounds so... It's... It sounds so good on a live. I, I can't help it. Not that not that it sounds bad on Dress the Kill, because I like the version on Dress the Kill, but I feel like the version on a live is that much. It, it it's it's even better. It's on eleven. The steal from Nigel again, as Julian did earlier. It's it is it is probably my favorite Kiss song. And it's my favorite version of my favorite Kiss song. So I couldn't not pick this doing this exercise because I absolutely love this version of, of this song. And it's, you know, it, it, for me, for me, it's, it's, it's Kiss at its best. This song is, especially, especially right here on, on a live one. Yeah. It's a great single on dress to kill, but just giving it that live sparkle and swagger because Paul's a little bit, got a little bit more, on stage than he does in the studio he's giving it a little bit more well sex you know it really has that kind of rock star attitude coming through it and on a live it, it's just it i i love the song it, it's in my top 10 without any doubt um my top 10's got about 40 songs in it by the way um <laughs> <laughs> just just one of those things um ken can, can you seem to disagree I well, you know what? I thought about it, and actually, I saw your list, and I was like, "Come on, let me." I said, "That is like pop perfection on, on Dress to Kill." I just like, it's not so much better than than what's on um, on Dress to Kill. You know, it's not so much better on a live. Didn't seem like it gained it. It gained it gained some, but I didn't think it gained that much. Uh, compared to uh, one of my picks, which I guess you guys didn't pick, um, which was Black Diamond. Um, I thought Black Diamond was choice. much better on a, on a live. I mean, it's, it had a bigger gain than I think Come On and Love Me did. Um, and Black, yeah, I, 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 I think so. No, they could did. never play that outro live. <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, that's why we lost what was on the the outro the droning you know slowdown at the end of the first album um black diamond and have a proper ending on on the live um but that's only part of it but anyway that's just us saying black diamond i don't know i'm disappointed in you guys <laughs> but you know i i can see where you're going uh it's it's a, you know come on and love me is a great song but i i prefer the definitely the the pop perfection of Just to Kill. Okay, when it comes to pop perfection, Ken is a purist. 
Daniel, Apparently thoughts so. on uh, coming to love me? Or uh, who who are you siding with, me and Lonnie, or are you going to side with Ken? Yeah, to keep it I'm actually going to side with Ken on this wow. one. Wow! I think he's uh, he totally nailed it because it's improved, but I feel uh, not to the same extent as many of the other songs because the version on uh, Dress to Kill. It's totally a kick-ass version. Uh, I could play that easily on Spotify, and I wouldn't, have, you know, need a live version. While on the other hand, you have songs like Cold Gin and Firehouse. Uh, you know, the improvement from the studio album to the live album is so, so um, great that, that I, I mean, I understand why. why uh, uh, Lonnie picked it. It's one of his favorite songs, and he wants to get it on the list. But uh, if you're really honest, yeah, it's very selfish. Very selfish. Selfish move. <laughs> but if, if if you're honest about it, you, uh, I mean, the version of "Dress to Kill" is it's a cool version, and um, it's it might be a bit better on the live one, but it's not that much improved. So so I'll second Ken on, on this one. Okay, so I clearly only voted for it to keep Lonnie happy. Thank there you. We go. Yeah, oh, no problem. Anytime. That's too. Well, I guess then for this next song, I only voted for it. Uh, it's only on my list to keep Daniel happy. Uh-huh. Shout it out loud, Daniel. Uh, why does that make your list? I don't know. When I listen through the albums, um, most of the songs on from Destroyer, I mean... I prefer the studio versions. I saw some of you guys pick Out of Thunder. I don't agree with that one, but 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 you know most of the songs in Destroyer uh, sounds great. Uh, uh, even though some people of the podcast, some person on the podcast might feel a different way, but but uh, I feel they the sound is great. Uh, the versions are great in Destroyer. So it's much harder to make. A better version live than than when you you go to the first two albums, but shout it out loud! I think it's something about that song, and it's been in the set for decades, and that's because it works so great live, and you can really hear it on live too. Uh, they've sped it up somewhat, and I think that uh, that made it uh, um, work even better. So. Um, and the singing is cool, and the ending is thought through. You know, you you have an ending through the song instead of the those fade outs. I hate those fade outs that Kiss has. On, uh, they have them on, on so many songs, but uh, you have a real ending, and Paul Stanley's just fired up all through the song. Uh, you know, adding uh, small bits here and there, and yeah, and come on, and, and and so on. So it feels really live and. Uh, Shout It Out Loud was made to be played live, and it uh, really came into fruition on live, too. I agree. That's why it's on my list. Um, You know, it's a little bit of revisionism on my part, because I hate the song. It's too damn happy. But when I've heard it in concert (laughs) in recent decades, I start singing along with it and getting... You know, into the moments. I don't like super happy pop, you know, syrupy songs. And that's why, you know, on one of the cover album compilations or tributes, um, they actually had a Partridge Family, I believe, uh, mm. tribute act cover this song. Um, oh, wow. 
which is just so perfect. I think I'm correct on that, and I'll be fact-checked, no doubt, after the fact. Um, but it is just so sickly saccharine on the album. But it's impossible for me nowadays, when I'm at a Kiss show, to not get into the freaking groove with it. So I have... I don't even like the production on Alive 2. It's simply that it's the album that it's on, which is why it made my list, because it makes me smile in concert now, rather than grit my teeth and snap off a crown. Um, Lonnie, thoughts on Shout It Out Loud? You know, I I can see why Dano chose it. I, I, I like the production on the second set of albums, Destroyer, Rock and Roll Over, and Love Gun, that it was hard for me to choose songs. I think I chose songs off Alive 2 the least amount of any live albums. Because I I, I, I like the version on, on Destroyer. Um, just as you guys were saying, you like the version of, of Come On and Love Me. So, But I, but I can see why, why you guys, at the same breath, I can see why you guys chose it. Because... Shout it out loud was like one of those songs that's meant to be played live. You can, like Daniel said, you can feel Paul's energy throughout the song with the, the come ons and things like that in between. So I get it. Um, not not one of mine, but I, I totally get why why you guys would choose that. All right, Ken. Last words on shout it out loud. Yeah, shout it out loud. Um, actually, almost I did almost pick that one, um, but just some others kind of beat it out. Um, yeah, I, I think it's. I used to listen to it a lot um, and enjoyed the Alive 2 version because that was my first, you know, Kiss album. So I, I listened to that and I, I remember listening to that song a lot, um, among other ones. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I just couldn't, I couldn't, you know, pick it over over something else that I think improved. Um, but I think it's a, yeah, it's a good choice. All right. Well, Dan, well, Daniel's off in the loop. Um, he, he mentioned God of Thunder, and both you and Lonnie have picked God of Thunder. Uh, yeah. Ken, why? Well, God of Thunder improved so much. This, this is another case of God of Thunder was very, you know, to me, very slow uh, and dreary kind of. I mean, it's, yeah, it's an evil, it's not, you know, it's, it's Julian's type of song, not saccharine, I guess. Um, so. So, you know, God of Thunder, I always felt was at its perfect speed on um, on uh, on Alive 2. Um, it just it just again that brought it more to life, um, and it kind of it had a good pace, and and with Peter's drumming, um, was great on on that version. Um, so I I just think that's the better much better version uh if i want to listen to god of thunder i'll go for that alive 2 version over destroyer alani on your list as well similar reasons yeah similar reasons it's my go-to version of god of thunder i i like the gene screaming god of thunder you know it, it just brings it to life that much more to me um and and peter's trying the drum solo in the middle of it and the reprise of it at the end i I, it, it is definitely my version of it. I mean, can you mention that it sounds a little slower on, on Destroyer? Well, have have you listened to the uh, the Alive Millennium version? You want to talk about a, a slow really? version of God of Thunder? Good Lord. 
That thing will put you to sleep. I need some Energizer battery. <laughs> right. Um, I the, the Alive 2 version, I mean, you're talking about the Millennium version to, to the Alive 2 version, I mean, that, night and day. But I, I enjoyed that. That is my version of God of Thunder. It's, it's just it's just screaming God of Thunder. Gene just screaming at the end, like his voice cracking at the end because he's because he's screaming out the lyrics. I and I love the fact that as edited as you want to say those alive albums are, that they left that in. I love that so much. So, um, and and I like the version on Destroyer. Um, don't get me wrong. I you know I give Mark a whole hard time all constantly about him bashing Destroyer because. I mean, Destroyer is like the signature, signature Kiss album. How do you, how do you, how are you on a Kiss podcast if you don't like the album Destroyer? But Mark's not here to defend himself. So <laughs> anyway, um, I, but I do like the production on, on of God of Thunder on Destroyer. But to me, the the alive the alive two version is is my go-to. Nice. So you and Lonnie, uh, I'm sorry, you and Ken also yeah. picked Shock Me. You know, yeah. sim- similar Box reasons. Stuff. Why? The Ace guitar solo makes it that much better. You know, it features Ace Frehley. We got a little surprise for you tonight. Ace Frehley. You know, it's so great. So, I, the, the Love Gun version is good. Um, it really is. Um, and I struggled with, and again, like I said earlier, I struggled with, with songs off of Live 2 versus the second set of, of Kiss Studio albums. Because I, I think the production on the second set of Kiss Studio albums is is so good even though the production is is different from like destroyer to rock and roll over i still think they're good in their own right um but shack me ace fairly singing it live the live solo i i think it's over the top you know ace fairly live i i i had to put it on there ken yeah a lot of the same reasons i mean i think his voice definitely is is seems better stronger on the alive two album than on on uh love gun love gun seemed his voice seemed a little thin or, or weaker i mean i we all know he's not the the best singer in the world you know and the, as strong as some of the other guys but uh nerves it, he was doing it in the studio on the floor it's and now, now he's performed it what 20 times in front of audiences yeah so there you go that's why alive two is better so <laughs> that's why i give it the the bump and, and plus the you know the the guitar soloing going on on that, and it's a little bit more uh, gritty production too because uh, it's a little maybe too slick for that song uh, production by Kramer on Love Gun. So yeah, Live Two is the go-to for me. So Daniel, you get to catch up. You'd mentioned God of Thunder earlier, and uh, both Ken and Lonnie picked it, making the list, and Shock Me. So your thoughts on both of those? Yeah, uh, Shock Move can do real fast. I don't think it's a very good song. Um, I do like the drumming on the song, but uh, I don't think it, it's nowhere near my top fifty, maybe. So, wow. so uh, I think I think the studio version is okay, and the live version is okay. But I have to chime in on God of Thunder because uh, the Destroyer ver- version to me totally works. Um, mm. It seemed like you guys like both versions, but uh, I think it works good in the slow tempo. You know, it works. Um, 
and it's kind of funny because people always mention Animalize Live uncensored as this they speed <laughs> they speed up everything way too much. I know some people <clears throat> have said that on the podcast, <coughs> Julia, <coughs> but um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, but uh, this is Oof. a version that's really sped up. Uh, I mean, it's uh, got a thunder on on uh, some sort of uh, you know testosterone or something. I think it's a bit too too fast actually. I'm I'm general in general I like when they speed up stuff. But but my version, you said your version was the Alive Two version of God of Thunder. But I prefer the way they performed it during the. Uh, Uh, club tour in 92 or the UK tour in 92 that I think is uh, my go-to version and I really do hope they release something off the soundboard from from the 92 shows because they sound so awesome and uh, I remember when the reunion happened and here in, in Sweden uh, we had something called Headbangers Ball, the European version with Vanessa Warwick, and she actually was at Donington. And you got to hear two songs, I think, Firehouse and God of Thunder. And I do remember the shock of hearing God of Thunder, the s- slowness of the song. Uh, it was it didn't work in that slow tempo. You, you know, after hearing it in 92, you know the best version ever and then hearing it in 96 like some really slow uh, it was too slow and it wasn't um, up to par with the 92 version so i remember being really disappointed uh, so um god of thunder alive 2 version ah no way near and and shocked me it weren't near my list either oh, wow at least uh, God of Thunder '96 isn't as bad as Kiss '2020. No, good goodbye version. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is always a different bottom there, of the barrel. Is, it, well, well, is, is there a version of Kiss '2020 goodbye? I, I, I haven't. I have, where can I buy this? <laughs> what, what was he singing about the gold stuff? The the, uh, the sacred gold or what? The, the sacred goat. <laughs> Ken, where can I buy this at? Uh, <laughs> Why yeah, did you take Ken's me. good mood, Lonnie, and just flush it down the <laughs> it was, shitter? It was too easy. Was too I already easy. bought it. Sorry, but uh, I, I mean, Ken, you bought it. Ken, you bought it. Honestly, honestly, Ken, Julian, do you ever think you will get anything from 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 the stuff you ordered? Oh yeah, we'll get stuff. We'll get excuses. <laughs> wow. There you go. All right. Will, will we get any action? Uh, hell no. All right, moving on. Um, Ken, you and I also are responsible for this next song making the list. Christine, 67. Um, yeah, appropriate. 61. Christy, 60. Why, why, do, why does Christine, 16 make your list? Um, yeah, that's one of my favorite songs initially off of Alive 2 when I was listening to it back then. Um, I really enjoyed it, and... I think it's better, uh, especially the talking part is better um, than um, than the uh, Love Gun version, and and it's a little bit you know more rock and raw, and it doesn't have a piano in it. It doesn't need the piano, um, and so I I just always enjoyed that version of Christine 16. It's just kind of light, 
a lively version of it, um, obviously. Um, but uh, it just rocks more for me, and I, I enjoy that uh, more than the uh, studio version. Yeah, I had several songs from Love Gun make my list that no one else voted for. Mm. Um, you know, Christine 16 is one. If you take some of the polish off uh, from that production, which is really lacking to me, the, the, the same same um, paradigm applies to both Love Gun and Dress to Kill for me. A little overly polished, just like Crazy Night shit, you know, mm-hmm. which if you peel back a few layers... Um, yeah. you really get some good rock and roll and that Christine is just good I mean it echoes back to the 50s with you know some of its structure and you know for the age I was when I first heard it in the live twos version it, it was always a song that jumped out at me as being better live than you know in the studio Lonnie thoughts on Christine 16 um I can see why you guys picked that. I was teetering on that one a little bit. Um, but I don't think there's anything wrong with the studio version of Christine 16. I, I kind of like the piano in it um, a little bit. I, um, I, I don't have a problem with it. I, I can see why you guys picked it. But again, kind of like what, what Daniel said about Come On and Love Me more. I don't think there's a there's a drastic improvement from one to the other. Um, I think I think the studio version's fine in my opinion, but yeah. But at the same time, I can see why you guys picked it. It's 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 not a bad version of it by any stretch. Yeah, Daniel. Um, Lonnie got it correct. I mean, um, it's not a drastic improvement. Uh, it was a great song on the studio album. It's a great song on the live album, but uh, either one. Um, you know, uh, is good enough for me. But I'm thinking, did was I the only one who picked like Parasite? Yes. Was I the only one? Yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll talk about that at the end. So you know, hold 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 your horses. We got one more song here, and uh, appropriately enough, it's a unanimous pick. It's the only one from. All of our lists, and I'll, I'll go through all the songs that we've got uh, that were rejected by others, but I Was Made for Loving You. I think we unanimously yeah. agree sounds better wow. on a live three than yeah. on the studio sure. album. Daniel, take us straight into that. Um, you know, the first time I understood that I Was Made for Loving You was such a great song was not when I heard Dynasty or something like that. It was when I got a hold of two bootlegs from Detroit 1990 I think it wasn't one of them Uh, they did two shows in 1990 in Detroit but on one of the shows they performed I was made for loving you and they pulled out all the the you know all all the tricks um, and uh, all the um, bombs and fireworks and sped it up and made it kind of like a metal song uh, i hadn't really understood that it could sound like that before I, I watched the bootleg from from detroit and i instantly fell in love with the song and then uh, thankfully they put it on live three and it sounded just as good on, on live three as it did in 1990 so so uh, it's just a rocking version and you still have um you know the sing-along chorus is still there but it's much heavier and 
always when I I um, listen to or when I watch an NHL game, they often play the I was I was made during the games, but unfortunately they always play the wrong version. I wish they would play the one from a live theme, it's because it's such a kick-ass version, and that's the way it should have sounded uh, on the studio album. But I guess it wasn't uh, possible back then. But the version on Live 3 is the most improved song of all, I would say, uh, that's on the list. From the original to the live version. I would pick I Was Made as the most improved song ever in KISS live history. I think I'd agree with you. I mean, it's on my list, and I don't think it was just the morphine talking in 1993. When I first heard Alive 3, it was a song that jumped out at me as, wow, this is, you know, spectacular. Whereas it was really kind of one of those songs that I almost skirted away from in the 80s because of its, uh, you know, pretensions, which flew in the face of everything else that I was listening to. So there were two songs on Alive 3 that I felt really benefited from being updated and being performed live and captured in that manner. No one else voted for Forever, uh, but I I really dig that one equally on Alive 3. Uh, But I was made for loving you. Absolutely right, Daniel. I think it is probably the most improved Kiss catalog song and being transformed into the live version. Uh, Lonnie, it's on your list. Yeah, for sure. Um, again, it was it was kind of a no-brainer for me to put that on there. I mean, it, it's much more driving and, and heavy, and it just sounds more like a Kiss song off of Alive 3 than it does off of Dynasty. Not that there's anything wrong with the version on Dynasty. I mean, we all know what they were trying to do with the version that's on Dynasty. But that version on Alive 3 is really good. And, you know, um, it's not it's not Alive 3, but I remember when, when they played it like at, at, at Tiger Stadium with that show you were at, Julian. Like, Paul entered introduces a song and he's like you know but when you hear it live you know it sounds the way it's supposed to sound I, um and, and it sounds good there too it, it's a song that was meant to play live and sounds more kiss live than it ever translated on in, in dynasty um but again i know we all know what, what they were what they were striving for and what they were trying to do but it, it it's just so much better it's so much better on a live three than it, than it is on Dynasty. It's doing this exercise, it was okay. Well, just look at a live three in a snapshot. Oh well, I was made for loving you right off the bat, and then I was kind of, and then it kind of go well, what else on a live three? And you listen to it, and you're like, oh, I don't know, but but that song just stands out amongst amongst the rest. I think they did a great live version as early as 1980, but it was great to hear it on a record. Right. I mean, if you hear a version with Eric Carr in uh, Australia, that's a goddamn good version as well. Yep. Ken? Yeah, I mean, the it, it no longer sounded uh, on the live it no, sound, no longer sounded like disco. I mean, it, it, had, it had no remnants of really being disco other than i guess a steady beat but to a degree but and uh you know it's just a you know a catchy chorus uh song um but yeah it, it became a heavy song 
versus this this poppy disco song that you know from Dynasty totally changed. Um, I mean, yeah, they didn't play it after 1980 forever, right? I mean, until until, until you know, yeah. So it, it was a long time. They just kind of gave up on it because it it they didn't know, I guess, how to com- change it from its real disco form. You know, they gave up on it. Um, uh, but it's good that they brought it back, and I guess you know they still do it today. Um, and it's it's a heavy, you know, cool song that they play in concert. And yeah, the live three improves, uh, you know, improves on it. I mean, I guess improving by being heavier, uh, more Kiss sounding, and then pushing it away from that disco um, vibe. <laughs> I guess you can call it. Yeah, so this list that we've talked about in terms of the songs that we've picked across the board, Ken, is most representative of the 10 songs that you picked. Only two of mm. your selections didn't make make wow. the cut, and that's Black Diamond hey. and King of the Nighttime World. Um, Lonnie, you, you, you kind of also are very represented in this list in that only three of your cuts didn't make it, and that's She, 100,000 Years, and mm. I love it loud uh, for a live three. Daniel and I are, are, you know, are both at the bottom of that with four of our picks. Daniel, Strutter, Parasite, Cold Gin, and Ladies Room. Ladies Room, that's a really good pick, by the way. Yeah, um, didn't make it in for mine forever. Tomorrow and Tonight, go figure, uh, with my hate of pop. Um, Hotter Than Helen got to choose. So mm. those were some of the songs that appeared on our list that, you know, no one else agreed with unfortunately so we're unable to make make the cut i want to wrap up with just going back to that poll that originally uh started this idea for this topic and looking at the vote results of which studio album songs are most improved on alive and alive two and obviously they've ignored alive three out of the equation it's actually shocking that the winner of that vote is kiss the first album, 58% of people pick that album as sounding most improved. Only 25 or 19% picked Hotter Than Hell. 10%, 13 people picked Dress to Kill. 5 picked Destroyer. Uh, Rock and Roll Over had 8% with 10 people. And Love Gun the fewest. So, you know, from person to person, it just illustrates again how much the opinion varies between one member of the Kiss Army and the next, and that there really is no right answer to this. It's just a good, you know, good way to frame a conversation. Uh, Daniel, any final thoughts before we go? Um, no, I just have to say that uh, you're really went... tired. I want to go to sleep. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I, I'm on a holiday. You know, we have a lot of holidays over here, as I mentioned from time yeah, you're, to time. You're, you're civilized. <laughs> What's that? We have a life. <laughs> Uh, uh, so uh, I just have to say it went the way I thought it would uh, most of you guys picked a lot from Alive um, the Alive record and those are the songs that are most improved and I was made for loving you it's good to hear that all of you liked it uh, as well because I think it's just a kick ass song on Alive 3 and um, some of the picks you, you had I, I, I didn't agree with but, but I do understand why you picked them so so um, I think that there were some good picks and uh, we got it right, as we always do. Absolutely. Lottie, final thoughts. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. And, you know, Kiss is such a 
a band that's well known for their for their live records and it, it's just interesting to could they get different perspectives from from um, the three of you of of your go-to versions of of of, of kiss songs um which you which you feel are, are better represented on these on these live albums so um you know while while we have you know similar choices we have we have some different ones as well but you know it, it is it's an interesting exercise and i'm i'm anxious to hear um what the board has to say as well yeah absolutely i agree with that i can't wait to hear how people uh, chime in with the songs that they thought you know or someone to say well why didn't you include alive four in this equation yeah where's the millennium show i just put that on <laughs> yeah right uh ken final <laughs> thoughts yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I think those, you know, it's, it, it's a good list. <laughs> of course, I had most of the songs that wow. made it, but no, that's not why. Um, of course it does. He agrees with it. Therefore, you know, 80, 80% Ken in favor. Talk about being selfish. <laughs> favor of Ken. Um, no, <laughs> the, you know, and the poll you just talked about uh, from the original posting, um, I, I I voted for Kiss, too, the first album. Um okay. Because I think the the, the sound of uh, Hotter Than Hell is kind of, I, I can see what's going on there, is a lot of people just have grown to love that drudgy kind of tinny, that, that sound. I mean, and maybe somewhat hearing those songs any other way is, is just sacrilege or, or something. Are you, um, but are you saying I, they I, lack imagination? I can see it. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I say like you know, for instance, like "Strange Ways" and "Parasite." I I I like the sound of those on that album. I, I don't know. It's just, I guess you you know you hear it for so many you know for so long, you kind of you know kind of it's like sticks with you. Um, so I don't know. Otherwise, you know, everyone has their own you know opinions, of course, um, and there's no right or wrong. Um, and we're not going to talk down to you and say you're wrong. You can tell, tell us we're wrong, and I have no problem with it. I'm all good. I'm not going to talk down to to you guys ever. No, I, I totally agree with you about Hotter Than Hell. I dread if they ever had the multi-tracks available and the wizardry to do a resurrected version of that. It would probably be a one listen and never go back. Say, give me my sludge you know um yeah it'd be a really scary thing to consider and we've, we've talked about that numerous times so what do you think you know if you've made it this far into the show and you're listening to this point <laughs> you know what are the songs that you think sound better live than in the studio which picks that we had do you think were legit and which ones do you think were way off base with chime in with your list or your picks or your comments uh we do love reading them um but for now from daniel Lonnie, Ken, and myself, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.